Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this morning. Once again, we are here in the house of the Lord. Father, to come together as your children, to listen to your voice, to understand your ways. Therefore, this morning, I pray that you would teach us your ways, show us your paths. Even as we meditate upon your word, Lord, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Father, establish your thoughts, establish your patterns into our lives so that our minds will, Father, resonate, O Lord Jesus, with the way that you think, O Lord. For you already promised that we have the mind of Christ given to us, O Lord, in the form of your word, in the form of the person of Jesus Christ, and the resources given to us by the Spirit who could rot that work in our lives so that, Lord, our minds will truly function the way you want us to, want it to function, O Lord, that we would think your thoughts and we would understand your ways and follow them. And therefore, this morning, we surrender ourselves to, your, to, your, to, the, to the leading of your Holy Spirit, O Lord. Anoint us afresh this morning to understand, to, to obey, and Lord, uh, empower us, O Lord Jesus, that in everything that we do, O Lord Jesus. Therefore, anoint us even in the speaking and the hearing of this word. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Already. Um, hi, Peter. Good morning. So, <laughs> welcome back. So, we've been looking at um, preparing ourselves for <clears throat> uh, judgment because uh, the judgment that will ensue is eternal judgment. Okay, it is eternal. It's set. It's going to be set once and for all. And therefore, whatever state, whatever spiritual state we enter into eternity, that will sustain and that will continue. And therefore, it's very important for us to understand uh, how does God judge? The parameters that God uses, the standards of God's judgment, the way he use, uh, judges his children. Um, and once, if we are his children, um, there's a different way he judges us. It is we, we, we are judged for rewards. Nevertheless, the standards will remain the same. There are patterns that God uses uh, or, 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 or weights that God, God, God uses to see how we have uh, fared and how we have used his resources. So this morning, we let, let, us, let us look at uh, of another important aspect. We've been looking at um, that aspect in the last, last um, uh, meeting as well. Let us continue uh, around that theme this morning. So Romans chapter 2 uh, and verse um, seven onwards, six onwards. Who will render to each one according to his deeds? Who will render to each one according to his deeds? Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. What is that? Indignation and wrath. Let's move on. Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man. Notice, soul of man. Okay. That soul has to be saved. Right? Every soul of man will have tribulation and anguish. And that will be eternal anguish and eternal tribulation. Now, that is the scary part. So we have to have the fear of God in our, in our lives even as we understand uh, the ways of God. Tribulation and anguish and every soul of man who does evil. Of the Jew first. And also of the Greek. But glory, honor and peace to every soul again. Um, who works what is good. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. So we are looking at one of the parameters that God judges his people. That he shows 
no favoritism, no partiality. Romans chapter 2 verse 11. For there is no partiality with God. God is not a respecter of persons. God does not show favoritism. For God shows no partiality. There is no arbitrary favoritism with him. One person is not more important than the other. Right? There is, n- there is no favor by appearance with God. There is no acceptance of faces with God. So we looked at the fact that God shows no partiality. Therefore, because that he, he because he shows no partiality, um, and and because, how do we how do we take this principle of God's judgment and apply it in our own lives? So we understand that there is only one way to salvation, and what is that? The way of the cross. It is it is it is it is common for everyone because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and therefore um, there is only one way for everyone. Doesn't matter if you're a Jew, you're a Greek, so that's very clear. Uh, don't have to uh, reiterate that. But one of, one of the impa- important aspects of the fact that God judges without partiality, the implication of it as to how, because God is judging without partiality, therefore, how am I supposed to live so that when He judges me without partiality, I will pass that test and I will get the appropriate reward? How do I live? How do I? appropriate that principle that God shows no partiality in my own life. If God shows no partiality, how should I live out? Right? So because ultimately I'll be tested. And that is one of the parameters that God, uh, God uses, that he sh- shows no partiality. So how do I live? And that is what we've been looking at in First Peter chapter 1, verse 17. If you call on the Father, He is our Father. Once we have become His children, born again, we, have be- he, we call uh, um, Him our Father, who without partiality judges Everyone, according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. All right. So, how do we how do we live? First, we have a pilgrim mindset. What do we have? A pilgrim mindset. Second, we live with a reverential fear of God. Okay. So, in order because God shows no partiality, two things that we are encouraged to have, two uh, two attributes that we are encouraged to have: a pilgrim mindset, or other translations will use the word exile mindset. All right, a sojourner's mindset, like Abraham had, a man who lived in tents all his life, and then second, live with a reverential fear of God. And what is this fear of God? We looked at the four aspects of the fear of God. It is not slavish fear which leads us to bondage. We looked at that that aspect second time, the the last time. The second one, it is not a religious fear produced by following traditions of men. Because this is only produces outward conformity. There is no inward reality. We looked at that aspect as well. It is not the fear of man. Okay. All right. So, in other words, the fear of man does not trump the fear of God. All right. It is fear of God that is obtained as a gift and nurtured and developed. We looked at all those aspects last time. How do we obtain this fear of God? Natural man does not have the fear of God because it says in Romans chapter 3, there was no fear of God before their eyes. And it goes on to say in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, the natural man has no capacity to produce the fear that God is looking for in our hearts. Therefore, when we repent of our sins, we receive that fear of God as a gift. That is the reason why you see the starting point of the fear of God is the cross. We looked at the example of the of the thief on the cross, when he looks at his his friend on the other side, he says, don't you fear God, seeing that we are in the same condemnation. Therefore, it starts there. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But what is the beginning of the fear of God? It is the cross. 
It is the cross. It is the new birth. We don't have the fear of God. Normally, generally, uh, uh, naturally, it is impossible for the natural man to fear God. Okay? It is only possible with a man who is of the spirit. So, once we have developed, who has to give us the attestation that you fear me? Excuse me? Ultimately, the stamp has to come from God. So, that, that is the reason why today's title is Ah, does God know? And let us read it loudly. <laughs> you fear him. Does God know? You fear him. Ultimately, because the fear of man is what? Who is a Jew? The Jew is the one who is one inwardly. Circumcision is a matter of the heart. Not of the letter. It is of the in the spirit whose praise is not from man but whose praise is from God. Ultimately, God has to give us his testimony. Okay. See, there is a testimony that other people give about us. That is called reference letters. Recommendation letters, when you have to send uh, recommendation letters to universities or for a job. Okay. Because you, there is, there is always a selfish motive uh, to work in your company or in your office or in your lab. Because ultimately, you need a reference letter from your boss. Okay. That is reference letter. Other people's testimony about you. Second is your testimony about yourself. You should have that also. I am the only one who is left. Who said that? Elijah. That is his testimony about himself. I have been more zealous. I mean, zealous than all my forefathers. Great. That is also you should have. Third one is what? God's testimony about you. You know what God's testimony means? What the word for testimony in in, in, in the Greek is witness. From which we, from uh, which comes from the Greek word martyr. In other words, when God is giving His testimony, saying that I bank my life and I back up this testimony by my own signature. That is the point. So God's testimony about you—that is the most important. See, if we are not seeking that, we genuinely don't fear God. We only fear man. So, how do we know? I mean, I mean, can we grow to that standard in 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 our walk with the Lord that God knows that you fear Him? Is the question, right? So, what are so you you have to come to the point? I mean, I mean see, there's no point in walking uh, with the Lord unless and until we ultimately pro- get a testimony from God. So, what is the testimony that He gives His servants? Well done, my good and my faithful servant. You have been faithful in little things and. He will make you ruler over all. That we will look at later on as well. So, does God know that you fear Him? See, then you, you need to uh, see this very important principle. God uh, loves everybody, but He does not trust everybody. We, looked, we see that all the time, right? That is the reason why in John's Gospel, chapter 2, He says, everybody believed Him when they saw, when they saw the miracles. But Jesus, on His part, what did, what did He not do? He did not entrust Himself to, the, to them because he knew what was in men. Therefore, what is the most important aspect for all of us to pursue? Our ambition is, Lord, one day I have to have your testimony about me. Okay. That is important. Paul, Paul will have his testimony. What does he say? You see, I was faithful. I was I counted faithful. I have fought the fight. I have finished the race, etc., etc. But you know what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4? Even if my own conscience does not bother me, that does not mean that I am, what, justified. Who justifies me? God. 
So God has to justify. God has to give a seal of approval and say, this is my son. So Jesus, Jesus had that. In the beginning of his ministry, he had what? What is what, what was what was a, what was the seal of approval he got? This is my beloved son in whom I will I am well pleased. He got that seal of approval from his father. At the end of the ministry, when he took Peter and John to the to the Mount of Transfiguration, and when he heard about his death and the heavens were opened, he heard what? Again, another uh, another commendation from his father saying that this is my beloved son. What? What should you do now? Listen to him. You see that? Now you should, you can, you should listen to him. No. Whatever he says are the words of God. Therefore, listen to him. Both two times he had got this commendation from God. Therefore, that is the reason why we need to ask ourselves this question. Does God know that you fear him? So what are the stages that we need to go through to come to the point where God will say what? Now I know that you fear me. In, in other words, does God not know? He knows. But let us see. Let us see what it means. Okay, let us see. But very important, again, in fear of God is not a bad word. Uh, Psalm 19 verse 9. The fear of the Lord is what? Clean. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are, right, are true, righteous, all together. So, we need to, therefore, we need to ask this question uh, 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 to ourselves. Who was that one man in the Bible? Whom God said, now I know that you fear me. Exactly. Hmm? Abraham. So let us see. We will see that portion from Genesis chapter 22, verses 11 and 12. And the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. So you look at this. He doesn't call him Abraham. He calls him. What is that? Abraham, Abraham. Okay. You're reading your Bibles now, Baba. Okay, fine, fine. All right, I'm just checking. The angel of the Lord called him, called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For what? Now I know that you fear God. Kya baat hai? <laughs> Who said this? He says, this is the angel of the Lord. Who said this? Who is that angel of the Lord? Uh, Jesus Christ himself gave this attestation. Now I know that you fear my God. If we are Abraham's children, what should our ambition be? Oh, you child of Abraham. The angel of the Lord is saying, no, we'll say one day to you, now I know that you fear my father. That you fear my father. Because we are all children of, children of Abraham by faith. Am I right? Abraham believed in God. When did he believe, Baba? Before he was circumcised or after he was uncircumcised? Circumcised. Okay, before he was circumcised. When did he give tithes? Ah, when he was... <laughs> exactly, right? Before he was circumcised. Okay, that is just my uh, way of uh, observation. I'm not uh, going into the tithes today. But look at this. Now I know that you fear God. Who knows that you fear God? God knows. Father knows that you fear him. This is the testimony of the angel of the Lord. So this morning, let us look at four tests. How many tests? Four tests that you have that you should go through in order in your life in order for you to obtain the certificate from God. You know, we all go for certifications, right? <laughs> what is that? Uh, Stanford certified. 
हार्वर्ड सर्टिफाइड एम आई टी सर्टिफाइड सन सर्टिफाइड सन मीन्स सन मैक्रोसिस्टम्स जावा यस यस थैंक यू सॉफ्टवेयर इंजीनियर देर ओके सन सर्टिफाइड नो वॉट आर वी वॉट आर वी सपोज टू बिकम यू आर सपोज टू बिकम गॉड सर्टिफाइड नरी That is the point. God certified, not Sun certified or uh, MIT certified or Stanford, Harvard, Yale certified. God certified because ultimately all these certificates will burn. Okay, and only the commendation of God will remain forever. You need to understand. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to show you some incredible statements, incredible statements which will blow your mind today. You need to just just wait patiently for that. Okay, so we have to become God. Uh, certified so in order for us to become god certified he has to we has to, he has to take us through how many tests four tests at least to the best of my knowledge there are more tests but i have identified four tests that god has to uh, we have god has god will take us through in order to give us ultimately that certificate okay we spend millions and millions of rupees to write the exam and prepare for the exam sorry first prepare for the exam and then write the exam this is free hmm? but we have there's a cost that we have to uh, pay let us see this this cost is not in terms of money this is something else totally let us see let us read from genesis genesis chapter 22 verse 1 now it came to pass after these things that god what tested abraham and said to abraham and uh, and he said here and first 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 be ready for what tests the point though, therefore is be ready for test is okay but what does god test that is important what does god test that is important okay we need to understand we have to specifically identify what does god test psalm 26 verse 2 <clears throat> this is the confidence of david whose confidence david's confidence and i hope it is our confidence too how many of you say to, tomorrow to your professor sir give an exam can you say very few teach students are like that sir give me an exam chupisa talaka can you can you say that no nobody will say very very few people will say that look at what david has to say this is his prayer to god in song and it has been inspired by the holy spirit this is what he says examine me o god and prove me kya baat hai try my reins the word for reins is kidneys whether my kidneys are functioning properly or not that the, the kidneys means the innermost being the innermost that's a guts from where everything is issuing out okay oh lord prove me try my reins and my heart another translation will use very interesting language it says examine me oh lord and prove me or test me try my what mind the innermost being is the mind the mind my thoughts my thoughts my thoughts lord where nobody sees nobody can come and intrude into the private portions of my life but lord try me there try me there nobody has access to it not even my wife she can look at me and sometimes and read my mind and say certain things and i'll be surprised but that's only what 1% or 2% of what i really am in 14 years of our marriage maybe she can understand me maybe 3 or 4% but god knows us 100% and you know what david has the audacity to say lord intrude into the private most parts of my mind and test me there and my heart see that is where the lord will test 
the private most parts of my mind, where nobody watches. That is the reason why we've been encouraged to say fast in secret, pray in secret. What is that? Give in secret. Because it's all a secret life that matters to God. Nothing else matters. It's the secrets of men he was gonna, he's gonna judge one day. We'll look at that later on. That is the reason why, you know what Daniel will say in 11, Daniel 11.35. This is talking about the saints before the coming of the Lord. This is talking about the saints before the coming, coming of the Lord. Daniel 11.35. This is what he has to say. And some of them of understanding shall fall. Why will they fall? This is not because they're falling away from faith. They're falling because of the terror and the, and the, and the, and the, and the antichrist spirit which is, which is persecuting them. And some of them of understanding shall fall. Why? To try them. To purge them. To make them white. The whole purpose of the testing is, Lord, to make me white. To take away all the dross and the impurities of faith in my heart. The word for try is very interesting. You know what the word for try? The word for try in Hebrew is tsaraf. From which we get the word tsarafim. That means fire. Fiery ones, the fiery ones, Lord, test me by fire and take away the dross in me. So the problem is, when Israel was tested, you know what? The silver was only dross. There was no nothing of silver. There was nothing of value. Everything was dross. Everything was impure. So God is, so he's, David has, is asking, Lord, test me. Where should you test me? Lord, test me in the private most and the most intimate parts in my life where nobody watches me, test me there. You know why? Because I know when you test me, you purge me, and then you what? You make me white. What does whiteness mean? Whiteness means there is absolutely no darkness in you at all. You have become absolutely transparent. There is no guile. There is no need for you to be ashamed. There is no need for you to be ashamed. In other words, every area of your life has passed through and now, what, now you know that you are absolutely clean, not before man but before whom? Before God. You know how, how it starts? First of all, when you say, Lord, there is nothing good in me from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, what is there? Only leprosy. You know what will the high priest pronounce you? Clean. You see? That's how it starts. That is the reason why Paul says, you know what? I know that is in my flesh. What, what, what is there? There is nothing good. I'm acknowledging it. In myself, in my carnal nature, in my flesh, in, in, in that aspect of my life, which is void of God, which is enmity to God. That is the reason why the word for flesh is very interesting. The word for flesh in the, in the Greek is sax. Sax is a word which also symbolizes a power, a force which opposes God. That is the reason why the flesh contends against the spirit and the spirit contends against the flesh. What is the flesh doing? It has got a force. That is the reason why when, uh, when, uh, when, uh, what's his name? Cain sins, right? He says, sin is crouching at the door and, uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. If you have your KJB Bibles, huh? His desire, thank you so much, Vanagar. His desire is for you, but you shall master him. It's a force. It's a person. So, make me white in the inmost in parts of my mind. So, Abraham is being tested. Where is he being tested? He's being tested right there in the deepmost parts of his inner man to see, to purge, to see where, where there is any compromise or where there is absolute loyalty to God or not. So, in the last days, God is going to test us. We should be prepared. You see, one of the things as, as a church, we should never lie to you. God will test you. 
God will test me. Whether you like it or not, it will come. See, not all your life you will be under under, under the umbrella of the protection of the church. One day it will be lifted. But when the day of calamity comes, if you fall on the day of evil, your strength is small. It will come. So he tested. So first of all, be prepared for tests. What are the tests? We'll look at look at them later. But we have to be first. What be prepared for tests? Another thing. The reason why God tests Daniel chapter twelve verse ten. Many shall be purified. I like that. Many shall be purified. No, you should not say many shall be purified. You have to apply to yourself and you say, I shall be purified. Say that. I shall be purified and made white and tried. Can you say amen to that? Ah, oh, thank you. Very difficult to say amen. I shall be purified, I shall be made white, I shall be tested. The word for tested again. But the wicked shall do what? Wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. The wicked cannot understand. What will they do? They will continue to do wickedly. You see, that's what it says in Isaiah. I don't know exactly which chapter. Let loving kindness be shown to the wicked. They will continue in wickedness in the land of mercy. That is what it says in Isaiah chapter 50. I forget the chapter. It says, let loving kindness be shown to the wicked. They will continue in their wickedness in the land of mercy. Hmm? So, what does the Bible say in the new covenant? Revelation chapter 22. You know this verse very well. 10 and 11. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy. Daniel was sealed. Revelation is opened. Hmm? Do not seal the words of the prophecy for this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, ah, what is that? Let him be unjust still. Leave him alone. Evil men and imposters. The word for imposters is what? What did pastor say? The word for imposters is? The birds of the air are coming and stealing all the words from your minds. Enchanters. Yeah. Okay, evil men and imposters or enchanters will grow worse and worse. What are they doing? Deceiving and being what? Deceived. So he says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. Who is filthy? Let him be filthy still. But he who is righteous? Oh, let him not say, you know what? This fellow is continuing in his his filthiness, in his uncleanness, in his injustice. But nothing has happened to him. Don't, don't ever compare yourself with those people. You continue on your righteousness because your reward is sure. Your reward is sure. He Let him be right, righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And how you cannot just become holy and sanctified in a day. What does God do? He will allow you to be tested. He will purge you. He will purify you. That is the reason why it says in First Peter chapter 1, what does he say? In all this you greatly rejoice. That, that is the reason why he says in James chapter 1, he says, my dear brothers, count it all joy when you fall into Various trials. The word is poly in Greek. Poly means various kinds of trials. Speed. What is that? Heat test. Tensile test. Pressure test. Stretch test. Football test. Okay. In this, you all greatly rejoice though for a... What is that? Everybody say that. Ah, Everybody read that out please. For a little while, Baba, this is a little while. 
little little while uh, for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of suffer uh, trials these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes perishes that means gold also will perish ultimately because the elements it says will what burn with what what heat with fervent heat you thought gold is going to stand the test of time nothing's going to happen all the inconsistencies in the market all the inconsistencies in the economic world my gold is always going to be standard and my 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 riches are what is secure is what you thought even that gold is going to perish and judgment is going to come but what will stand is the tested genuineness of your faith what should it result in may result in praise and glory and honor otherwise it is only horror what do you want honor at the appearance of jesus christ or horror at the appearance of jesus christ mm-hmm. you need to understand these these are very important it is for a little while you are being tested so that the tested genuineness of your faith which is much more precious than gold even though it is tested by fire how does it what what happens to it it will perish but your faith will result in what in glory and honor and immortality or rather glory and praise and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ and how long will you suffer a little while this is what the statement the first statement okay i love this statement this is a mathematical statement and he who has mathematical ears let him hear what direct prince has to say okay not the spirit of the lord <laughs> look at what it says god will never sacrifice the smallest fraction of eternity for the longest period of time put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it for the rest of your lives did you understand you're all scratching your head <laughs> look you're scratching what is this baba you know enna kada kuchu nakunna purilla so god will never sacrifice the smallest fraction of eternity for the longest period how long ever however long the time may be just to accommodate time god will not compromise even the smallest fraction of him, of eternity that's what it means it's a deep statement okay very deep only generic prince can make such statements and leave us in uh, suspended state hmm? I, i wrote that statement write it down actually you can write it down these are all you know pearls okay and if you are not what dash you will what write it down okay god will never everybody is very slow today you are got a lot of inertia today anyway no problem god will never sacrifice the smallest fraction of eternity for the longest period of time this is a sentence which is coming from a logician okay direct prince this is what he says god will never sacrifice the smallest fraction of eternity meaning eternity is more important to god than any any other thing temporal is nothing that is the reason why it says the temporal things are transient you know what transient means fleeting for a moment it's like a spike in a in a graph one spike in a graph but over a period of time can you see the spike it disappears okay understand so god will never sacrifice the smallest fraction of eternity for the longest period of time understand this so god will never compromise the eternal for the temporal 
God will always place the what? Eternal first and the temporal second. Therefore, he will test you. Because what kind of a judgment is this? Eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. And therefore, because it is eternal judgment, we have to pass tests which will qualify us for that eternal judgment. Now think about it, no? For a simple civil services exam, how many tests we have to go through? First attempt, nobody will get. How many attempts people give? One attempt, two attempt, three attempt, fourth attempt. And the, the professor in the class will say, say 99% of you fellows will not qualify. So why are we here? This is the reality. Strive to enter through the what gate? Through the narrow gate. The word for strife is what? Agonize to enter through the narrow gate because many will seek to enter through the narrow gate but only few will be able to what? So God will never. So first thing we need to understand, God is going to test us and what is going to test us? He's going to test our reins. He's going to test our innermost thoughts, our innermost attributes, those areas in our life which have been close to everybody. And you know what David is saying? Lord, Psalm 26, examine me, O Lord. Try me, prove me, try my mind and know my heart. Test me there. Test me there. Prove me there. Because that is where Nobody has access, but I know that I can never hide anything with you. That is the reason why it says the sword of the spirit is like what? It cuts what? The spirit and the soul, the joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And what else? How, what, how does it continue? It says, no creature is, can be what? Can hide from his presence. You would be laid naked. Made naked completely. And he will say, this is what you are. So we have to be very careful and we have to, um, we have to uh, inculcate this attitude and say, Lord, examine me. Try me. Try my mind. Try my heart. Test my mind. Test my heart. So, first thing, be ready for what? Tests. Because this is eternal judgment and for eternal judgment, the tests are different. It is a character test and not so much content test. Of course, the content is different. Okay? How much you have in your mind, God? How much is there in your character is important, right? So Jeremiah chapter 17. <clears throat> the heart is what? Deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? But you know what it says? Verse 10, I the Lord search the heart. I try the what? The reins. The reins is the innermost man, the inward man, the mind, the kidneys. Where actually what is what is the function of the kidneys? Uh, if Dr. Richard is not there. He might confirm. He says the, the, first, the, the function of the kidneys is to purify blood. You know that? It purifies blood. Okay. It purifies your blood of all impurities. Okay. So that is what he's saying. Try the reins. Try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. So where does the fruit come from? It comes from your heart. So understand this. So first thing, get ready for tests. So I'm, I'm going to identify how many tests? Four tests today. Four tests to get the certification from God. What is that? This man fears me. This is God certified. Not MIT certified. Not standard certified. <laughs> Stanford certified. This is God certified. Alright? Genesis chapter 22. Let us look at it. Now it came to pass that after these things God tested Abraham and he said to him, what, is it, what did he say? Abraham and he said, here I am. Look at that. Abraham what did he say? Here I am. What's his other name? Here I am. Abraham means 
The moment you say Abraham, he says what? Here I am. Abraham, here I am. In other words, Abraham has grown to a point in his life where he's so sensitive to the voice of God. Let me tell you, in a message, so many things will be spoken from the pulpit. But in the message, there will be a portion where God will say, Vijay, <laughs> this is for you. And what will you say? Here I am. Here I am. So God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. So what did he do? What was God testing? He's testing your, what? Hearing. How sensitive are your ears? I remember when I was growing up, I had to, I had to have a, I used to have a Tamilian kid in my uh, apartment. Okay, Tamilian kid in my apartment. Okay. Tamil Brahmin. Okay, father full disciplinarian. Hmm? He used to come to my home to play chess with me. So, his father to call him. He used to no, his name is Sri Ram. Okay, he used to call him. How you know how he used to call him? From downstairs, apartment. The moment he doesn't even say Shri Ram, you will not, you will not even call him that. You just say. The moment is he's, he's playing with me seriously. Okay, the moment he hears that sound, my father is calling me. I, I remember it so distinctly. Okay, wherever I mean, there are three apartment blocks. Okay, three apartment blocks. My my home. There are two other apartment blocks. Wherever that kid is, no, if, if his father has to call him, that's it. That is Sri Ram for him. And what does he say? Here I am. The question is, how sensitive is your hearing? If you want to set, get the certification that God, this man hears. You know what? This man fears me. First of all, you have to get this certified. What should you get your certified? Your hearing has to be certified. You can hear properly. So that is the reason why it says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 18. Look at what it says. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Let me tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, you are attitude towards listening to the word of God is so, so important. Because many people are distracted. But the concerns, they're, all, they're not necessarily bad people. They are Martha kind of people. What are they? Oh, they're distracted with so many things. And the worries and the concerns clouding the voice of God. And what, what is needful? We sang that song, no? How many things we want? One thing we ask of you. We don't actually mean that song actually most of the time. One thing that we desire. That is one thing. So he says, you and, 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 Mar- and Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're a good girl. You're not a bad girl necessarily. But the problem is, you're concerned with so many things in your life. This is what we call as uncircumcised years. Jeremiah chapter, chapter, chapter 6 talks about that. He says, these are uncircumcised years or unprepared years. They have, they have clouded their minds with so many worries and concerns so that when even when they come to church and they, when they hear the most anointed preacher, they are not able to hear the voice of God because they don't have the right attitude. See, in repentance, 
One man of God says there are four categories. You know what are the four categories? Four categories of repentance is objectives. Second is priorities. Third is attitudes. And fourth is categories. Objectives, priorities, attributes or attitudes and categories. Objective is to glorify God. Priority is the kingdom of God. Attitude is a humble heart. Categories means what? This is light, this is darkness, this is truth, this is light. You should be able to decipher exactly what is light and what is darkness. You should be able to decipher what is exactly truth and what is light. And the moment you are able to think on these lines, you are able to understand the mind of God. But that doesn't happen in a day. So therefore you should consider carefully how you hear. Every time. See, every time you come to a class is a test. Is a test. So it says, therefore consider carefully how you hear. Why? Because whoever has will be given what? More. Whoever does not have, whatever he thinks that he may be having will be what? Taken away from him. Consider very carefully. Consider very carefully what you hear. First, first how you hear. Second, Mark's Gospel chapter 4 verse 24. Consider carefully what? This is not how you hear. What you hear, if you listen to all kinds of gossip and you come to church, you think you'll hear the voice of God? No. You saw 2,500 movies on uh, during the week and you come to God on Sunday morning and say, Lord, please speak to me. You think he'll speak to you? You'll be able to, even though he speaks, you'll not be able to hear because you don't have the, the, the necessary attitude for which, with which you can receive the word of God. You're not resonating with the spirit of God. You're resonating with some other spirit. Okay, so consider carefully how you hear. You consider carefully what you hear. Therefore, what you hear, you should guard with your ears, my dear brothers and sisters. Guard, 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 guard. That is the reason why if there is anything of good report, it says, if there is anything of good report, think on those things. If it is not of good report, forget it. I don't want to hear. So read less of news, more of good news. What is that? Bible. People read Fox News every day without fail. Or whatever news, CNN, BBC, Red F, whatever. Without fail. But Bible? Bible in a year, do you read? I'm asking. I'm saying. I'm not saying that we are, we are making a law that you should read the Bible in a year. No, no, I'm not talking about that at all. But do you have a discipline of reading, going through the good news in a year? You see, let me tell you something. If you go through the Bible in a year, the chances are that you will overcome sin more. If the less of the Bible you read in a year, the chances are you will be defeated more. Right? Ultimately, what you think, that will come out. What you meditate on will ultimately come out. You cannot escape it. If I am not meditating upon the word of God, if I'm, that is the reason why there are two things important. You have to change the way you think and you have to continue in the way you think. The new way of thinking. That is the reason why repent and meditate. Both things go together. Repent, change the way you think. That means realize the fact the way that you're thinking is wrong and meditate. Meditate upon the word of God day and night so that you can replace all the wrong thoughts and the wrong ideas that you received with the word of God so that what you can have is the favor from God and the blessing of God. Because then you will have prosperous, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success, it says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from where? From your mouth. That is exactly how cows ruminate, right? 
How do they ruminate? They first eat the word. Eat, no, eat the word. They eat the grass. Chuck, 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 chuck. They eat off the grass completely. And you'll say, wow, they finish the grass. You know what, what happens once they go home? They get all the grass out and start meditating and chewing. Ultimately, it becomes a part of them. Therefore, be very careful as to how you hear. Be very careful as to what you hear. And the third most important thing also is very important. This is also very important. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. We must pay most careful attention to the things that we have already heard. Otherwise, what will happen? We will drift. You know the word for drift, right? Drift is going away, slipping away from the presence of God or going along with the flow. You don't have any sense of direction. No focus. So you have to have a very, 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 what do you say? God is going to test that. Are you able to hear his voice? And it's a practice over a period of time, over a period of time. And then you come to the presence of God and God will speak one thing to you and that will be so clear. It will be ringing in your eyes and your in your heart. And you'll be so sensitive to the convictions of the Holy Spirit. It's like David, no? When he cuts off the uh, the robe, uh, the, the edge of Saul's robe, what happens? Immediately his conscience bothers him. Remember that? Paul, you know what Paul says? I have strive, striven all my life to live a, a life uh, void of offense with a clear conscience before God and before man. What happens immediately? Anybody knows that? High priest servant comes in, slaps him. And he says, you whitewashed tomb, etc. Comes out of his mouth. <laughs> and he says, are you reviling the high priest? Oh, my dear brothers, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, I did not know that he's a high priest. Immediately, sensitive, you see. Okay. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his who? Bond servants. The things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his who? Bond servants. Servant. Okay. That is the attitude, right? We should not be like Pharaoh. Look at what it says. Exodus chapter 5. And afterward Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, Let my people go so that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? That I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I do not love the Lord. And besides, I'm not going to let you go. Oh, you don't know the Lord? You'll know very soon. Don't worry. Okay. He got to know the Lord. Very well. So, understand this. Be very careful as to how you hear and be very careful as to what you hear. This is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Even in the littlest commands that you receive. You say, you know what? Lord, I'm going to obey this. Faithful. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. He that is faithful in that which is what? Least is also faithful in much. He who is unjust in least is also unjust in much. Okay. So little, little things matter. Little commands, small commands will matter. Little things matter to God. He sees us in our secret. He sees us and tests us. Another example, Psalm 78. You know this very well about uh, David. Verse 70 onwards. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep. What was that? A little thing. Brought him to be the shepherd of his people. Because God saw him in the little. And he saw that he was faithful in the little. And you know what? Hearing is the least that you can do. It's the least. It's the least that you can do. Actually, it doesn't cost you much to hear. Doesn't it? Isn't it? I mean, at least you have to fight a little bit of sleep and concentration, what have you. Okay. But uh, the way you watch television, 
యు డెడికేట్ యూర్ ఐస్ రైట్ ఇన్ తెలుగు ఇట్స్ వెరీ ఇంట్రెస్టింగ్ గుడ్లు అప్పగించుకొని చూస్తాడంట టెలివిజన్ మీన్స్ యు డెడికేట్ యూర్ ఐస్ టు ద టెలివిజన్ లైక్ దిస్ ఐస్ పాపింగ్ రైట్ and even when somebody comes and tries to hinder your focus you know you 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 locked into the target baba you are like a missile guided missile and what is the target tv right anisha yeah you are laughing i know <laughs> the target is this like this you nobody should distract you every distract whatever distraction your focus will not change ma'am but in 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 uh, in the church little sound comes enough so first what will god will test you he will test your hearing and how do you do it here i am yeah. that's exactly what happened to samuel it says samuel was serving the lord before eli and he heard the voice of the lord saying samuel and what did he say here i am samuel how many times did he get the word voice samuel first once you see when he calls that to second time he knows that this is the voice of god it's like for sure it's a done deal all right understand this okay first thing first test test of your hearing and therefore test of your obedience you have to hear and you have to obey immediately now what is the word the word for here i am is what here i am means what i am here to obey obey so test of your hearing and therefore the test of your obedience the two things will be tested continuously in your life your hearing and your obedience your hearing and your obedience okay how much you hear and how much you obey how quickly you obey we'll come to that later on second he will test your what is that affections first thing in order to get the certificate being god to be god certified that you fear god first he will test your hearing second he will test your affections he will test your affections your affections very important let us see now it came to pass that god tested the uh, after these things that god tested abraham and said to him abraham and he said here i am and he said take now your only son your son excuse me yeah take now your son your only son isaac whom you love and go to the land of moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering as one of the mountains of which i shall tell you okay what will be tested affections whom you love you see that your son your only son isaac whom you love see your son your only son ishmael your your son your only son whom you love let us will come to that what is that what is god doing over here first thing no this is actually this is matthew chapter 10 not matthew chapter 6 excuse me this is not matthew chapter 10 uh, 6 it is matthew chapter 10 sorry apologize excuse me for that mm-hmm. right now sami one minute oh. sami i'm just replacing the pdf so that you can put the exact words there all right thank you sami so think not that i am come to send peace on earth i came not to send peace but a sword okay. all right man, man these are tough words tough words you see you can't just read the bible without with, without uh, being uh, being affected by it look at what it says think not that i am come to send peace on earth i came not to send peace but a sword look at what it says the next verse verse 35 for i am come to set a man 
How? At variance. You should. You need to understand this word at variance. You know when you see variance. We studied so much about variance, right? So you are looking at me and la- laughing. You should. My eyes suddenly will will pop out. What is this variance? Because what I understood about variance is something else. And what is God talking about? At variance. You know, the word for variance is the Greek word dikazo. Dikazo. It occurs only once in the entire Bible. Only once. Dikazo. Only once in the entire Bible. New Testament and the Septuagint together. I mean, that is to the best of my knowledge, knowledge because according to the search engines that I have, I have more powerful search engines to see somewhere else. Please let me know. But at least to the best of my knowledge, the word daikatsu occurs only once. And you know what the word daikatsu means? To cut into two. What does it do? It cut into two. And look at what it says. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a what? A sword. And what does a sword do? Cuts into two. For I am come to set a man at variance against what? His father. And the daughter against her mother. And these are the closest of relationships. Right? In, in India, Matro, Devo Bhava. In other words, today you will be tested whether your Matra, Matru, your father or your mother is your God or I am your God. Choose who's your God. For us, from the East, it's very difficult. I don't know, but the West, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I found that it is very difficult. The emotional attachments and the kind of bondings we have in the East is much more complex and emotional and difficult to really tread upon. I mean, in, in West, you know, generally, they understand because of Christian culture, you know, they give independence to the child. After a while, you're on your own. Okay? You're generally on your own. But look at what he says. For I am come to set a man at variance against the father. Matter and matter. Like in the, in the Greek. Hmm? Against the daughter against her mother. Son against, a man against his father. No, daughter-in-law and mother-in-law don't have to do anything. It automatically happens. He is not talking about the daughter-in-law, mother-in-law in the flesh. This is talking about daughter-in-law because you follow Christ, because you love God more than anything else, anybody else, there is going to be a conflict. So your affection is going to be tested. And what did Moses, when he came of age, do? He refused to be called what? The son of Pharaoh's daughter. Not easy. Not easy. Look at what it says. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is the blessing on Levi. The blessing on Levi. Look at the Levitical blessing. Why were the Levites chosen by God? Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 8. And the Levi, he said, and of Levi, he said, let thy Thummim and thy Urim. The word for Thummim means perfections. It's not perfection. Perfections. Urim means lights. So what does Thummim and Urim means? 
through the light that you have obtained, you have achieved perfection. And to who, to, to whom is that blessing given? To, to the Levi. Why is that blessing given to the Levi? In other words, if you really want to press on towards perfection, because what is ultimately Abraham pressing, pressing towards? Excuse me? His, what is being perfected here? According to James, his faith is being perfected, right? His faith is being perfected. So if his faith has to be perfected, if he has to reach that level of perfection to the light that he has received, look at what it says. Be with thy holy one. This is, holy one means the separated sanctified one. Who's, so, who's the Levi? He doesn't say that of any tribe. He doesn't say that of about Judah. He doesn't say that of any other person. He, I mean, any other tribe of Levi, he says, you are my what? You are my holy one. That means you have been set apart and sanctified unto me and me only. Me only. Okay. So how did you prove him? Whom thou didst prove at Massa, with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Meribah, who said unto his father and unto his mother. You see that? To his father and to his mother, I have not seen him. Now there he used the sword on his father and mother. In the new covenant, what do we do? We don't use a sword there. You use a sword upon ourselves. Right? I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brother, nor what? His own children. You see that? First father and mother, not his brother, nor his brother, nor his own children, for they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. You see, what is what does covenant mean? What does covenant mean? Cut into two. Remember? Cut into two and you passed between that. So he made a covenant. He made a covenant, right? It's, a, it's, it's sacrifice. And it's, it goes on to say, they shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. They shall put incense before thee and whole burnt offering upon thy altar. What is it? Because he says, you know what? I don't love God more than anybody else. Again, Matthew chapter 10. Sorry, this is Matthew chapter 10. Excuse me. Just a minute, please. Give me a minute. Let me just change this. One second, Sammy. This is Matthew chapter 10. Okay, I think let's start. Okay. Yeah, it's done, Sam. Matthew chapter 10, it says, A man's enemies shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy and me, worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he says, and he that taketh not his cross and falleth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life or his soul shall lose it. And he that loseth his life or soul for my sake shall find it. And therefore it is very important, very important whom you choose as your life partner. Very important. Because these are not normal decisions. Not normal decisions. Okay. Don't say, you know what, uh, I'll get married and then you know what, I'll, uh, God will change them. It doesn't happen like that. Very rarely it happens. I know, I remember um, very early when we were in, uh, in Abbott's, in one of the teachings, Pastor was talking about uh, that. He said, you know what, sometimes the enemy, enemy will allow enemy will allow one believer to marry an unbeliever and change him. And what will other people think? Ah, it works.
And what will you do? You will presume upon the mercy of God and go ahead and marry. And what will happen? You will make a mess of your life. See, small defeats for enemies is not big deal. He's got, he's got so many specimens in his hands. So he will allow one so that he will deceive and say, oh, it works. Hurry, it's working for that brother and sister. So finally, she or he is getting married to an unbeliever. Oh, he, she, they got, he, he was able to convert her. He did not convert her or him. Who did it? Mercy of God did it. And what will happen? You will presume. You know what, is, what it is called in the Bible? It's called presumptuous sins. And you know what David says? Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. In, in, in Telugu, it's very interesting. You know what the word for presumptuous sin? Dhairyanga papam chedam. Sahasinchi papam chedam. Meaning, let me see. I will go ahead and do this sin. Let's see what happens. Sahasam chedam dimbaka. You see, presumptuous sins. So it's very important for you to understand because if this is so crucial, there is no negotiations in as far as your relationships are concerned. Spiritual is absolutely important than carnal. Just because it is working for one brother and sister, don't make it the norm and apply it to your own life. Because a lot of people, young people will always have this question. Oh, that brother, that sister, they got married. No, why are you stopping me from getting married to, my, to an unbeliever friend or boy, boyfriend or girlfriend? It's working for them and God shows no partiality. Really? Try. I don't, I don't want you to try. Just because it's working in some place doesn't mean that it's going to work. It's just a mercy of God. Okay? Don't goof up like that. Ultimately, problem is that, you know what? The believer finally who got married to an unbeliever, and that guy or that girl will be, be on fire for God. Who becomes a stumbling block now? Who becomes a stumbling block? The believer. Will become the stumbling block for the unbeliever now. Because he got, he met God, now he is fired up for God, and you can't stand it. <laughs> you wanted him for yourself. Sorry, it doesn't work. It does not work. You try it out, and uh, I mean, it's a, it's, a, I mean, it's a risk that you don't want to take. Okay, look at what it says in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen: "Be ye not what unequally yoked with what unbelievers. Whatever you try, it is an unequal yoke. You cannot equate it. Ox and donkey cannot go together. Ox will bend its head and work. Donkey will go the other side." For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? What part has the believer with an, infidel, uh, with an infidel? And what agreement has a temple of God with the temple, oh sorry, with, with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing. Be separate. Be a Levite. Be a holy one. Don't compromise with those, the things of the flesh. Because every relationship, your affections will be tested, whether they are spiritual or carnal. Okay. So if you really fear God, you say, Lord, 
this relationship it doesn't matter how godly or how, how un- unharmful it might seem from the outside but i know it is not for my eternal good because you know what god does not do he does not compromise on even a small fraction of eternity for however long the time may be because what comes before god, before for god eternal and not the temporal okay the question however is can god ask you that's the point can god ask you look at look at look at the 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 the, the words in genesis chapter 22 <clears throat> take now your only son okay your son your only the word for uh, in your uh, in your uh, greek i'm uh, sorry in your uh, bible the word for only son right uh, son isaac the word sons is in italics remember when you when it is in italics what does it mean it is not there in the original translation so okay? i've removed this, the word son let me let us read the verse together now genesis chapter 22 verse 2 now then he said take now what your son your only ah now it makes a complete difference only your only isaac what does isaac mean joy that which causes you the greatest joy now you see that how different it is your son your only isaac whom you love you see that you 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 over there the the, the emphasis is on you go to the land of moriah and offer him there as a what what as what you know what a burnt offering you know what they have to do when a burnt offering completely chop it left right and center into pieces take the internal things out take the skin out everything you know so he understands what has to be given to god burnt offering on one of the mountains what which i so now the point is whether it is you or i can god ask you see and god will ask you that one thing your only isaac you know what god is after your only isaac that which brings you tremendous joy honestly for a lot of people relationships don't bring tremendous joy success in career brings a lot of joy and god will ask you that for one that for that one thing in your life look at what it says in mark's gospel chapter 10 mark's gospel chapter 10 we know this very very well right and he answered and said to him master who is this the rich, rich young ruler all these i have observed from my youth then jesus beholding him what did he do to him he loved him and he said to him what is that one thing sorry one thing one thing thou lackest go thy way sell whatsoever thou hast give it to the poor thou shalt have treasure in heaven come take up the cross and follow me and he said and he was very sad so when god asked the rich young ruler to give up everything that he had his only isaac that would caused him a lot of joy what happened to him he became very sad and when uh, god asked abraham to offer his only isaac on the altar how did he do it do you think he did it very sadly or you thought it as a privilege to give it to god think about it that is the reason why if you haven't given your best to god you have not given at all that is how your affections are tested if you haven't given your best to god you have not given it for 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 a lot of people giving money is not a big deal at all they'll give you the money not an issue 
for a lot of people, giving up relationships is not a big, big deal at all. For, for some people, giving up a relationship is a very big deal. Money is not important, but relationships are. Yeah. But God says, you know what? You're only Isaac, which causes you the greatest joy. That is the one thing I'm asking you. Your affections will be tested. Look at what it says in Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honors his father. A servant is his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? He's asking you that question. Says the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? Look at what it says. And if he offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If he offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? Or accept thy person, says the Lord of hosts, and will he speak kindly to you? Can God ask you? Sometimes he will not ask you. He will take it. That's it. He never asked David, uh, Joseph, uh, sorry, Jacob. He would, never, he would have never given uh, Joseph away. So God had to take him. You don't give him to God. God will take. And that will be a very painful exercise. Very difficult. Okay, For me, also as father, now I am realizing it is not very easy for me to give. Children away. It is very difficult. You don't give him, I mean, in sense, we say, okay, we have our dreams for our children. What if God has a different plan? Are you okay with that? Lord, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking for Abigail, this is what I'm thinking for Emanuela. Already thought. This is what they are going to do. I didn't even ask their permission, by the way. Knowing somehow, presumptuously, that they are going to obey me. And whatever I, I like, they will obey and follow. I don't know. How is it going to be in a few years from now? Because they are still in, uh, not even teenagers. They are teens. So, just look. So, I have already made so many plans. You don't give to God. He will take them from you. And you know what will happen? That will be an even more painful exercise. Okay. So, affections. You don't give to God. He will take it from you. So, blind and lame. Lord, you take Ishmael, not a problem. Take some of my servants, not a problem. Take Sarah also, not, a, not an issue. I don't know. But Isaac, no. Huh? Genesis chapter 22. So what did God do? So what did Abraham do? So Abraham, what did he do? Early in the morning, he rose. You see that? How his affections are being tested? Early in the morning, he rose. That means what? He obeyed when? immediately. If you love me, you will obey my commands. In this, the love of God is shown when you keep my commands and my commands are not burdensome. It's a joy. If you love me, that's the reason why I said your affections will be tested. If you love me, you will obey immediately. Genesis chapter 17. This is my covenant, verse 10. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be what? Circumcised. Mm -hmm. So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins when? That very day. You see that? 
everybody that same day as god had said to him now look at this no this is interesting no this is in the new testament this is not in the old covenant i'm sorry in the new covenant this is in the old testament old testament times immediately what about the new testament is it allowed for us to be circumcised no no you know but something which really really uh, uh, you know challenges me is what about one young man which i'm going to talk about and this is not in the old testament it is in the new testament but coming from the mouth of a man who spoke so much against being what circumcised remember in galatians okay if you even titus who was a greek among me was not compelled to be what circumcised look at what it says in acts chapter 16 then he came to derby and lystra and behold a certain disciple what's his name he's not he's not a he's not a son or a child he's not been he's not even a new believer a certain disciple was there named timothy the son of a certain jewish woman who believed but his father was greek he was well spoken of by the brothers who was at lystra and at iconium paul wanted to have him go on with him and he took him and circumcised him now think about this now this you think timothy was a was a very 8 year old boy 8 day old boy no uh, this is a young man uh, no, no no this is not uh, getting circumcised like shekem because you fell in love with a girl and shekem had fire plan also he made fire plans so not fire plans 25 year plan he said we'll we'll marry them we will give our daughters to them in marriage they will give their sons for us in marriage and look at the property these fellows have baba look at the katnam Okay, so much of katnam I will get dowry. So all thing will be ours. All you have to do go through is little pain. What is that pain? Circumcision. After that, entire village was slaughtered. Okay, this is not uh, circumcision because you love. This is you fell in love. This is something totally different. This guy he never even protests. Who's this guy? Timothy. What are you asking me to do? Circumcise. I I like the word the 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 words which are used. he was well spoken of by the brothers who were at lystra and paul wanted to have him with him on his mission trip so he took him and you you see the surrender over there he took him circumcised him meaning how desperate was this guy to do whatever it takes so that he will be what a part of the team of apostle paul i remember one actor no pot belly very very he is a very famous comedian in telugu cinema so a famous director called him and he said see in my next movie i want you to become a director uh, become the hero but uh, this kind of physic uh, i don't think you should shed some weight and pump some iron you know what that guy did in the next 15 days he went on a rigorous routine 15 days he came to the director and he showed himself to him the director was like who's oh my goodness this is you 15 days not even liposuction he went on a rigorous routine he he shed everything and he said you know what whatever it takes to be my, to be a part of your team what about you like john mark some excuse to run away from the team or what what should i do be, be uh, should i do in order to become a part of your team you should be circumcised are you okay with that absolutely 
You see, this is what we call as obedience. Okay, obedience. That is the reason why Timothy is so well spoken of. You know, there are Pauls, but where are the Timothys? Okay, there are Elijahs, but where are the Elishas? I hope that challenges you. Genesis chapter 22. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, split the wood of the, for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Goes on to say, and Abraham said to his young men, whom did he say this to? To his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and look at, look at, everybody is read that careful. No. We, you see that everything is there. Okay. The lad and I, very perfect grammar this is. Okay. This is not I and the lad. This is lad and I. Okay. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Understand this. Whom did he stop? He said, servants, you stay here. Genesis chapter 22. So Abraham said, okay. Uh, sorry, where am I? Matthew chapter 16, <clears throat> verse 21. And at that time, Jesus began to point to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and to suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and be raised on the third day. And yet, what did Peter do? Peter do? He took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it. Lord, this shall never happen to you. Now you understand why Abraham did not allow his servants to come? Why? They will stop him. Okay. You stay here. We will go back. Because the way of the cross is not easy for everybody to follow. Peter himself did not like it and had to rebuke him. Stay here. You can't come up. See? Your affections are tested. Now think about this, no? These are the very young men who were trained in Abraham's household. 312 young men who were trained in Abraham's household who would come with Abraham, fight for him, rescue an ungrateful servant, risk their lives to, to save an ungrateful servant. And Abraham knew, I know these people, their love is still not genuine. It is what? Still sentimental. They don't understand the way of the cross. They don't understand affections. So he said, you know what? You guys stay here. But he turned aside and to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. And... You're a stumbling block to me. So what does he do? He removes every stumbling block from the way so that he will sacrifice to God. They will not stop him. You see that? Everybody? Understand this. Let's move on. Genesis chapter 22. Verse 7. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. Do you think these are not words uh, which are wishful? This is not wishful thinking. This is a voice. These are words of faith. These are not wishful thinking. Okay, because we, we understand this. I will show you some uh, some verses from the New Covenant. So the two of them went together. So what is the third thing which will be tested? Your confidence 
in God will be tested. Because he promised you, he will never go back on his promises. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, what did he do? He offered up Isaac. He who received the promises offered up his only begotten. Again, the word for son is in italics, by the way. Okay, it's not there. And of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to what? Raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. You know what? This is what is it? What is what we call as the confidence in God. God promised and he will bring it to pass. God promised and he will bring it to pass. And what does, what does he say? God himself shall what? Provide for himself a burnt offering. A confidence in God. That I will never lose with God. Acts chapter 27. We know this verse very well. And now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. This is uh, Paul uh, telling uh, the people in the ship. Verse 23. For there stood by me the night the angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Just as it was told me. However, we must run, a, uh, run aground on a certain island. You see, what is this? What, what, what do we call this? We call this a spirit of faith. Second Corinthians chapter 4. We know this verses very well, right? For Second Corinthians chapter 4 verses 13 and 14. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to, his, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. You see, this is what we call as a spirit of, this is absolute confidence in God. And therefore, what, 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 what am I saying? Me and the lad will go, sorry, the lad and I will go and we will come back to you. And when the son asks him, the Lord himself will what? Provide. Romans chapter 10. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everybody likes that. Why? For with the heart, what do we do? One believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You see that? Confidence in God. God will do whatever he has promised. That means I will never lose with God. I will never. God will provide for my needs. I give everything to God. I surrender my life to God. I will never lack any good thing. Yeah. He who puts confidence in God will not lack any good thing. I speak it and I believe it and I walk in it every day of my life. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 10. Verse 26 onwards. So do not fear them. Who are these uh, people who, whom you should not fear? Those who can only kill your body. Alright? So don't fear famine. Don't fear nakedness. Don't fear peril. Don't fear the testings that, are, that God will allow into your life. Look at, look, at, look at what it says. So do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not, not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, tell in the light. And what you, have, uh, what you uh, hear whispered in your ear, uh, proclaim in the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but are unable to kill, your, kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And look at what he, how he, how he uh, solidifies this argument. Verse 29. Are two sparrows not sold for one denarii here, one copper coin? Hmm? One copper coin, how many sparrows? Two sparrows. So one copper coin, two, spa two sparrows. And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. In other words, not even a sparrow will die without the father knowing it. 
secure. I think, actually, I think if it was right, Derek Prince made the statement. Uh, he says, God takes time to attend the sparrow's funeral. God takes time to attend the sparrow's funeral. How many of you actually attend the funeral of a sparrow? Have you ever seen? He says, God takes time to attend the sparrow's funeral. Look at what he says. But even the hairs of your head are counted. So don't worry about losing your hair. Okay? I think you will receive it back in eternity. No problem. Okay? Because there no hair loss, nothing. So do not fear. You are more valuable than a great number of sparrows. Now think about it. Two sparrows for one copper coin. Four sparrows for? That is your multiplication. Thank you, thank you so much. Luke's Gospel chapter 12. Luke's Gospel chapter 12 verse 5. But I warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who after he has killed someone has the power to throw the entire person in hell. Yes, I I tell you fear him. Are five sparrows not sold for two? That means what? Buy two, get one extra. Two sparrows, one copper coin. Not four sparrows, one copper coin. Five sparrows, one copper coin. That means that fellow, that fellow who came, that extra fellow is for free. And God says, even that sparrow, sparrow which came for free, when he falls to the ground, I know it. And I attend that fellow's funeral. Can you imagine what a God is so? In, in other words, he says, are you not more than more valuable than many sparrows? And that sparrow doesn't even have a soul. When did he create the birds of the air? It's on the fifth day. From the waters he created all the birds of the air. And on the seventh day he created the animals with the, with the thing in the nostrils. Right? Fifth day. So even the hairs of your head are, not, uh, are all counted. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. You see that? So don't fear. In other words, he had absolute total confidence in the, in, the, in, the, in the promise of God. That whatever God promised, he will bring it to pass. This is what, what I'm talking about. What God has promised, he will bring it to pass. So if God calls you, if God calls you, there will be a time and a day in your life where you will think, say, Lord, what is going on? There's nothing there to back me up. This verse should come to your mind. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 8. One of the most powerful verses in the entire Bible, if you will. If you can take this to heart. What shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And how do, we, how do you substantiate this statement? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Why will he not? With him, what? Freely give us what? How many things? All things. All things pertaining to life and godliness. That is the reason why. Seek ye what? First the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't even worry about food, clothing and shelter. That is the reason why it's good to fast. So that you will understand and know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And what is the word? It's the promises of God. That the promises of, your, of God that God, God has sent, uh, given into your life will come to pass no matter what. So, your confidence in God will be tested. He was tested. And what did he say? He spoke it out. Lad and I will go. We will come back. That's a statement. It's not wishful thinking. We may come back. God. We will come back. You see that? So, your confidence in God will be tested. We'll be put to test. We should go through that. We should be ready. Right? Genesis chapter 22. But God, Isaac spoke, my father... To Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? And Abraham said, My son, God will himself 
provide the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. You see, it's very important to earn the trust of the next generation. We'll come to that later on. <clears throat> Let's read on. Then it came to pass of which God had, uh, uh, he came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there, placed the wood in order, and he bound who? Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar, upon the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. This is, everybody knows. But the point here is, who's this guy? I look at Isaac. You know what? Faith of Isaac also has become the what? I'm sorry, faith of Abraham has, has become what now? The faith of Isaac. Abraham's faith has become what? Isaac's faith. You said that, right? God will provide. Doesn't matter. I, I believe what you believe. You see, very important for us to understand this. We, now, this is not the part of my teaching. We have to understand that we are not successful until and unless we have passed our faith to the next generation. It may not be possible that people in our own families will believe, but you will have a set of people who will say, you know what? You, what you believe, I believe. That is the reason why Paul tells Timothy, he says, the things that you've heard from me, what should you do? Pass it on to other faithful men who are able to teach others also. Pass it on. Build a history, a legacy of faith. Okay, let's move on. So what will be tested over here? First, the fourth, fourth thing that will be tested. Your works will be tested. Your works will be tested. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. The Lord said, Shall I not hide from Abraham what I am about to, about to do? Since Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be pleased. For I have chosen him, so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken up to him. So what did Abraham build till now? What did Abraham build till now? What did he build till now? What was he putting on the altar? Isaac. What did he build till now? Isaac. Now he's going to say, Lord, test it now. Whether this is genuine or not. He says, look, I'm not saying this. Look at what he says in James chapter 2. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by his works when he offered up what? Isaac on the altar. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, faith was being made what? Perfect. And scripture was fulfilled. Which says, and scripture cannot be broken. Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him for righteousness. This is Isaac. What is Isaac? Isaac is a person who will never rebel. He's a symbol and a type of church which is built upon the foundation of, of Jesus Christ. Which will come through judgment. That is Isaac. Your work, what you have built, will be tested. First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three, verse nine. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, what did I do? I laid the foundation. Another builds upon it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
you know, if, if you if you're uh, actually um, God, Pastor might give us the devotions in the in the beginning of the year. The second devotional says, uh, "Why does God God allow storms into our life?" Okay, God allows storms into our life. You no, know? um, it's the way it starts. It says, "We are either in a storm, or getting out of a storm, or getting into a storm." <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are either in a storm, getting out of a storm, or getting into a storm. Storm means testings. And why does God test us? Because he wants to see how solid are our foundations. If our object of faith is in God or not, whether we have built a foundation on Jesus Christ or not. Look at what it says. For no other foundation can be laid except that which is laid, that is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds upon this foundation, what? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. What will test it? What will test it? Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it as to what sort it is. If anyone work, anyone's work <clears throat> which he has built on, built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. How will he be saved? Will be saved as through fire. That means you have two pictures, Isaac and Lot. Both are righteous. God tested Abraham's work. Ultimately, what is Abraham's work is Isaac. It came through judgment. He received it back. Lot lost everything and even his next generation. See, what Lot built, we don't build uh, uh, homes. We build lives. That's the reason why how it starts. It says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are what? God's building. Who are you? God's building. Who is Isaac? Abraham's building. Because it says, no, what does it say in Galatians? You, my dear children, as Isaac was, are children of what? Promise. Galatians says that. It says, you, as Isaac was, are our children of promise. And God tests the building. According to the grace of God. So how did he build his life? According to the grace of God. As a wise master builder, I laid the foundation. And one of the most important things is that we have to ensure that our foundations are absolutely strong. And what are the foundations? Two important foundations. What is that? Repentance from dead works and what? Faith towards God. Two things. Doctrine of baptism is okay. Laying on of hands, coming under authority, etc. But let each one take heed how he builds for no other foundation. Okay. So your foundations, your work will be tested. Your work will be tested. So what will be tested? Your hearing will be tested. Second, what will be tested? Your affections will be tested. Third, your confidence in God will be tested. In the promises of God will be tested. And fourth, your works will be tested. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13 will say, each one's work will come, will become, will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. So, God, will go, God is going to test you. And every test is to give you what? A promotion. Right? Look at what it says in James chapter 2. Do, is, do you see that faith was working together with his works? By works, faith was made perfect and scripture was fulfilled. Abraham believed God and it was accorded to him as righteousness. And he was the, what, is the, what of God now? Friend of God. He became the friend of God. So he comes back to this first question today. Now, angel of the Lord came to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, 
here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. You see that? Four tests your hearing, your affections, your confidence in God and your works. And you get a certification. God certified, you fear me. So God tests us. He tests our reins. He tests our hearts. He tests our affections. He tests their deepmost parts of our inner man where no one sees. God tests us. But why does God test us? Not to make us, uh, not to embarrass us, but to promote us. And ultimately, what did he become? From the father of all nations, he became the friend of God. We all sing that song now. What is that song that we sing? I am a friend of God. You don't even have a clue as to what you're singing. He calls me friend. When does he call you? <laughs> when you have been tested. <laughs> now that's the reason why Jesus tells his disciples, you have been with me all these times. I spoke tough things with you. Very hard things. But you stuck with me. You know what I'm going to call you now? I no longer call you my servants. I call you my friends. That is a, that is a word for filio. Friend means what? Filio. That is the reason why when Peter betrays Jesus and Peter's Peter's being restored back to Jesus. You know what Jesus asked him? Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me? His first is agape. Do you love me unconditionally? Second love, you know what he asked him? Peter, son of Jonah, do you feel your me? Do you understand that I'm your friend? He says, yes, Lord, I'm your friend. And then a time will come, Peter, when you are a child, you went, away, you went away wherever you go. You know what will happen to you? You will go to a place where you don't want to go. But because I told you, you will go. You know what will happen? You will get a certification. What is the certification? God certified. Now I know that you fear me. Now I know that you know the subject. So four tests. Your hearing, your affections. Third one, your confidence in God and your works. Four tests so that you get a certification from God and not from IIT or triple IIT or everybody's going after certification except God certified. So God, what is God certified? He fears me. Period. Let's pray. Father, you test us to prove us. And after you prove us, you promote us. And this promotion is not on this life. It's on the other side. And therefore I pray Lord Jesus that we will not compromise on the eternal things for temporal things. We will not lose out on that day our crowns and have tears in our eyes when someone else has taken our crown. We will be sure to guard the crowns that you have given to us, which are there for us. And be diligent, O Lord Father, in our walk with you. We don't want to live a life of regret on the other side of eternity. Because, O Lord, ultimately, he who loses his life for your sake will always find it. And Abraham was willing. But you tested him. You tested him in his obedience. 
His quickness to obey. You tested him in his affections. You tested him in his confidence. In your character. That he who did not spare his own son. But gave him up for us all. How will he with him not give us freely all things. Therefore what can separate us from the love of God? Famine. Pestilence. Nakedness. Sword. For your sake that we have been killed all day long and we've been considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but in all things we are more than conquerors. Is what your word says, O Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we will have that testimony. That we will not be afraid, O Lord, for whatever comes our way in the coming days. So therefore prepare us. Even as we go through the season of fasting, and humbling ourselves through fasting. That you will prepare us as a church. You will strengthen us in our inner man. Our convictions will become stronger. And our resolve to follow you. To, to follow hard after you. Will become even more stronger. To that end I pray that you would bless each and every one of us. I pray, Lord, that you would sharpen our hearing. That you will circumcise our hearts so that our affections will be very clear that we love God and not love God more than we love any other person. And our confidence in God will be tested. And our works will be tested. We'll be ready for that as well. Prepare us, Lord Jesus. And give us this ambition to get the certification from you and not from any earthly institution. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For that which is temporal, O Lord, is corruptible. That which is eternal is incorruptible. It is indestructible, O Lord. It is an eternal reward. A a reward which which we can enjoy all the days of our eternity. More and more, O Lord. Therefore, O Lord, I pray, Lord, even as we Go about this rest of the month, the final month of this year. We will stay focused. Our focus will be upon you. Our ears will be sensitive to your ear, to your voice. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. Commit each and every one of us into your hands. Be with us through this day. Enable us to walk with you. Continuously. Agreeing with you. Constantly. Changing accordingly, and pleasing you completely. Thank you, Father. We praise you, we worship you, we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. God bless you.